podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, welcome back to This Is Happening. This is your host, Nathan Streifel. And Eric Morris. And today we're here with the lovely, talented, amazing... Lee Friedlander. Hi, guys. Hi, Lee. Hey, Lee. Thanks for being on the Thank pod. you for joining us. Lee <laughs> is an accomplished director and writer and producer. She makes feature films. She makes a lot of television at the moment. And um, and she's also a good friend. So um, thank you for yes, joining thank us. Thank you for having me. And now I'm making you drink wine while we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what? As as our regular listeners know, no, Rose is not the is not the first time. It's, Rose it's not unusual. You're like the, you should have, you're like the Hoda and uh, Kathy Lee of podcasts. Right. Your cocktail in your hand. We, we aspire. We oh, aspire yes, to that. No, the clinks are in the back in the background often. Uh huh. Let's. Really wine in Let's their get glasses. their salaries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you think there's really wine in their glasses? Um, uh, yes. Are they? Do they? Are they Kathy Lee is drinking. Are they <laughs> always on the Today Show? Do they always have Every a little day. glasses? Little yeah. glasses. Have you seen them? They're like goblets with huge, their faces painted huge on them. Glasses <laughs> with lots of wine. In them. Like a clown pour, as I call it, <laughs> the Midwest clown pour. You know, when you're driving cross country and you go to those little um, restaurants and you order like the blue cheese salad and the steak and you ask for Chablis. Or table one, and they just fill it to the top like this. Oh yeah, it's all that clown door. Yeah, that's that's how they do it. That's how they roll on yeah. the today's show. Cool. I'm um, okay yes. with clown pours. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Let's go to the circus. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So Lee, let's go through. Let's let's start at the beginning. Oh, where God. where where are you from? Are you I from? was born a small bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm where I was where I'm from. Yeah. Well, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, okay. but I, oh, I didn't cool. grow up there. Are you a Steelers fan? I'm a Steelers fan. Nice, Thank nice, you. nice. Um, and my parents met, went to Carnegie Mellon, but I moved to Connecticut, or they moved me to Connecticut when I was three. Okay. So I grew up in, in Westport, Connecticut, and gotcha. Stan- then Stanford. Is that um, like a port town, right on the water? Yeah, it's on the water. I wouldn't call it a port. I guess it is a port town, but Bridgeport's right near there. Oh, so gotcha. It's on the water. It's about an hour. It's where all the people in New York that don't want to live in New York... Did you ever see the ice storm? Yeah. That's where it is. Mm. Where you take the train, the New Haven line train, an hour and live in Connecticut but work in the city. Yeah. So my sister. It's a little that. far, though. What's your it's parents? an hour. My sister does it. My sister drives an hour. Oh, so she you, commutes each way. Do they still far. all live in um, Connecticut? They all live in Connecticut. What do your parents do? Did, yeah. Did. Uh, my mom was a nurse at Norwalk Hospital. Oh, and cool. my dad was an assistant superintendent of the school systems around there. He's a doctor of education. And they did. They both met at Carnegie? Or they yeah. had knew, known each other before then? Uh, I think they met in college and my mom was in nursing school. Mm-hmm. And now they're div- happily divorced and with two other people for the past 40 years. Oh, good. That's awesome. So they're good both with several, you know, people. But Totally. They are retired. My dad's retired. My mom is retired. And you have a sister? I have a sister who lives in Norwalk, Connecticut, who works in the city in advertising. Oh, cool. Very powerful advertising executive. When did you first think um, that you would get into movies in Hollywood? Well, the first thing I remember, which is funny, brother, I just remember, is my best friend Cheryl Eret in first grade. 
Hey Cheryl. She's red hair. And we used to do little plays in her basement. And she was on a TV show that you're not going to remember, but you might remember called Search for Tomorrow. Yeah, never so heard of it. Yeah, because you were not born yet. And she was would drive her parents would drive her into the city for auditions and to go film Search for Tomorrow. And I remember being first grade. My first inclination was to be an actor. I never, because mm-hmm. you don't even, first of all, you grow up in Connecticut, you don't even know what the jobs are. Yeah, I nobody wanted, thinks I want to be a film I director. just knew that I was obsessed with television. Mm-hmm. I needed to be on television. I needed mm-hmm. to just, my life would exist if I would be. Yeah, me too. To I didn't television. know, until I graduated, really until I graduated college, I didn't really know what the other jobs were in entertainment. Or you didn't know. I just was obsessed with TV watcher. I didn't know TV what a producer watcher. was, you know. I, I, mean, I, I, I did plays, I guess, of course I knew what a director was, but I, I just really didn't, didn't know what yeah. the career options were. That's why I gravitated towards acting too, and I did act yeah. for a minute. Which right? is me too, yeah. for like a blink. Yeah. When and I was it, in first grade, I found a slip of paper from uh, whoever created the show Barney. You know the show yeah. Barney? Yeah. It was like a an application for the kids to be like a kid on Barney. So they must have mailed it to my parents or something and I thought I was going to be on Barney. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be on Barney. I'm going to be one of the Barney kids. Someone Aww. had someone had discovered you. Or somebody on had a playground or, or like something. Or like my parents... Or put you in a purple suit. In is Seattle. He, is he the purple one? Barney's the purple <laughs> Barney's dinosaur. the big purple dinosaur. Right, yes, right. yes, yes. Yeah. And that was my first inclination and it never happened. Yeah, you just obviously. don't know. I just know that I was obsessed with television and it was my escape from a lovely childhood um, yeah. <laughs> you know as childhoods are and yeah. um, I just couldn't stop watching TV and Cheryl besides having a um, one of those things in her backyard with those rope things that with a zip line, oh, a rope zip line with, a, yeah. with a thing you'd sit on and swing, hold on to like a yeah. bar like the circus aside from having a zip line it was the most interesting thing about her she was on search for tomorrow and I which said, is pretty interesting <laughs> at that yeah. age and know, I zip line and a soap opera she's, Girl, she's feeling it and I remember that I was go. I had a whole plan which kind of explains the way I have weaseled my way into the business is the same thing I was determined that if I climbed into her if I slept over I had a whole plan if I slept over <laughs> and then I climbed in the trunk of their car before she went into the city to meet her agent I would pop out in the city and they'd have to bring me into the meeting and then the agent would see me and get me a job on search for tomorrow too mm. That is such a <laughs> Did you make it into that truck? <laughs> I, someone's got to let me. Let me out of the truck. <laughs> I think I'm still in that truck. <laughs> a six-year-old was found on the back of a truck. So I know, right? <laughs> and it was so funny because I that never so happened, but I was always plotting how I could be discovered. You know, and Paul Newman lived up the street, so I would like, you know, what we drive ride bikes in front of his house because he was gonna pop out and discover me too. Right, and he'd be like, as he does, you, you know. know I, she needs to play my daughter, and yeah. the next thing I do. And it was so funny because years later, I lost track of Charlotte Eric. Obviously, I can't remember. I remember her whole name. She was on some random after-school special about the um, one of the. It was not the Pilgrims, one of the Amish girls who escaped and got married. It was an after school special. But she played the Amish girl as a teenager, and I'm like, that was my friend. <laughs> Can you so, imagine if like she is submitted for one of your projects? And, like, you I see should her. probably look her up and see which <laughs> Cheryl Errett is doing now. We should Google, we should Google well, her. Well, I'm going right as now. Cheryl, if she ever is doing it. I don't even know what her name would be now if she got married or right. anything. Cheryl but I think that was my first Aaron. ink. 
Bling, and then being obsessed with Doris Day Rock cuts of movies and oh, horror yeah. movies and Pillow just talk. yes, everything. Is this her? If she's redhead, it's her. <laughs> That's her. She's, she's on IMDb. She is. Does she work? Let's ladies? see what she's is going she, on. Cheryl, Aaron, if you're listening, you have to contact me. Okay, she, her star you meter is 134,000. Let's look at her past titles. She did Primal Rage. Like what when? year? What year was this? This was '88. She stopped working. Okay, in. This was a while ago. So she hasn't worked oh, since. Oh no, uh, Michaela herself, a psychological expert on a TV show, Doctor Drew. She's a oh parapsychological expert. She's been doing a lot of reality shows. So she got became a forensic specialist. Psychological you have a friend expert. that does something like that, don't you? Psychological expert. Don't you Healing. have another friend that was on the doctor? She, yeah, my friend Jen was on the doctor. So yeah. she's actually she, a doctor drew four years. psychological expert. She must have gotten a degree in psychology and then been like, well, I got this media thing. I'll be the psychologist on all these Like, well, I do have a soap TV opera shows. acting background. Yeah. Is her see for childhood, <laughs> see for childhood search for tomorrow's on there? That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my she God. She got that the degree. So Good for her. Now she's a spokesperson to being a... A celebrity psychologist. Good for you, Cheryl. You know what? Good if, job, if, Cheryl. If you, if you need a, a television psychologist for one of your projects, actually, it's a good character. Um, the yeah. soap's not. Maybe on we'll it. build. It's not. Maybe we'll build a <laughs> series around her, Cheryl. Aaron. <laughs> That was always her so whole name. Was that Oh, but look, she Cheryl does Aaron. have this little. Was that her? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yep, yeah, that her was her. That was my best friend. Shot. Yep. See. Wow, we, we have well, gone well, Cheryl deep. Aaron is another <laughs> podcast episode. We'll get her we on went later. Way farther back than you <laughs> imagined I would go. But so, uh, so, so okay. Were so you doing the real, started the real, there? You were the real, and then I did. You know, as a, a figure skater and did dance and acting through all that. And, and you then, did figure skating. No, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I competed till I was seventeen. Okay. Did you compete kind of? In big times, like nationally or regionally, yeah, regionally, yeah, for sure. Regionally, but I was good. I was good. I was pretty good. Yeah. I still, Lisa proposed while ice skating. So cute. Oh, oh my god, that because is so that, sweet. That was my thing. Ice skating. She's got some videos of me doing very bad spins that I can still do. But are um, you engaged or are you married? We are engaged. Oh my god, congratulations! You're, I love your ring. It's beautiful. I love that little double, <laughs> the you. double band. Thanks. Yeah, she did good. Well, <laughs> she did well. She did well. Good. So it was at an ice skating rink? It was at an ice skating rink? In Canada. One of those weird ice skating rink unique ice rinks where you, I think they pour water in every parking lot in Canada where everyone had these makeshift ice rinks pop up in Canada. Because <laughs> we were at my best friend's house and yeah, they, had for a, sure. they had a whole engagement party planned. So it was just like one of those, like they put the gate things up around the, the outside. It was an outside. I'm not sure there was gate. It was a parking lot of like the city building or something. Mm, mm-hmm. And they just make a loop and... Nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was sweet. Um, no, where did I, you go to college? Uh, briefly, uh, I went to college in New Haven, Connecticut. Not the good one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one where the rejects went. Right. Um, Southern Connecticut State University. Um, which ironically, my executive at Hallmark, to come back full circle, who I work with mostly, Elizabeth Yost, who is a dream, went to Southern Connecticut State University the exact same year. Meanwhile, this is not a school Whoa. like we all went to, you know, Temple University together. Yeah. This is like the, you know, reg- not reject school, but it's, you know, state school. And she went the same year and was in theater and video and communications like I was the same year, the same school. And we don't remember meeting each other, but we both weird. went that same year. That's weird. And we work together now. I Isn't looked up funny? your name online and there was a Lee Friedlander 
who's a ph- photographer. Very famous photographer, of course. He's from Aberdeen, Washington, which is my hometown. Really? Really, really small-ass town where nobody's from. He's super famous, and because of him, I have credit of the Madonna photo on my IMDb, which I did not take. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but which I, Madonna photo? The hairy armpit one, she's like, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, it, I don't know if it's still there, but it could, I couldn't even get it off. You know, my I was like, I'll take credit for it. Is your but name Leaf? Is it exactly the same? Spelled exactly the same. Yeah. Do you know where your parents got it from? My mom says she just liked it. It's cute. It's simple. And having an affair with the delivery man, but um, <laughs> she, uh, but she liked it. You have such a long last name, a nice, short, simple first name. It's kind of a good balancing thing. Except every time when I first started in the business and they didn't know me, I go to meetings and they. Expected a man to walk in. Yeah, it's very. Oh, uh, that's probably good. And they actually. always thought I was my own secretary. They're like, "Is Lee there? Is she?" And I still get calls. Who am I speaking with? Like when you call for like you know mm-hmm. cable, I need HBO turned on. Who am yeah. I speaking with? I'm like, this is Lee Friedlander. <laughs> still think oh, that. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to college at Southern Connecticut State University, right. and I met Ellie, and I was doing um, summer. I always did summer stock theater in high school, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big dichotomy because I was a cheerleader and a thespian, which sort of, as you watch any bad high school drama movies, doesn't <laughs> really doesn't, exist. You yeah. did a million things. Skating, cheerleading. I was all creative. Yeah, for sure. There wasn't, and if you listen, there wasn't much studying or academics in those sentences. <laughs> and from a father who was a doctor of education, that was mm, yeah. not such a... He was disappointed in that. Was your sister pretty studious? Nope. Is but, she but older or younger? Older. But okay. she's now very successful as well. Yeah. So doesn't you don't need to... But my bro- I have a half-brother. He got married again, my dad. And my half-brother is a lawyer in New York, perfect SATs, went to Tufts, went to GW Law School. So my dad got that kid. He got the one. He got he the did. kid. Good. <laughs> and, and has a baby. He had to kid. start again. He has the grandson. He has... So he's got that covered. And now my dad after all these years, is so proud of me. He called me the other day. He's like, can a coach is on TV? I'm like, you're watching Lifetime? He's like, no, I was changing the channels, but I noticed it was on. But he's like, all of a sudden, because these wonderful, silly TV movies that I make that are very happy to have, Hallmark and Lifetime, um, I, I, they do. They run him and run him and run him. So he thinks, you know, you turn well, on the TV. It's very real. Like it's like, and it's you, like, oh, you're not lying. You actually directed a movie, and it's on again, and yeah. your name's on if it. If he you happens know? to be flipping by it, it's like, there's like, wow, they my like daughter's movie. work, you know, and yeah. it's there on TV. Like yeah. that's very real. Yeah. And, the crazy thing yeah. about Hallmark and Lifetime too is they really. It's such a huge audience in America. It's like huge. it goes into every TV. Huge. You know, so they don't pay you every time they run it, do they? No. <laughs> so it's not based on that. Um, they, it is. Yeah, there are not for directors. It, um, it's a buyout, so there are no residuals. Oh, but for WGA, with well, the ones that I co-write with the amazing Tracy Andrean, who basically does all the heavy lifting, um, is uh, those are residuals. So the WGA is residuals for Hallmark. Right. Is the buyout the a permanent buyout, or is it for a certain amount of run? Just it's for the project. You, you do the project yeah, and you do it. the thing. Yeah, but it's yeah for sure. Good, but you know what? They're a, they're a loyal, lovely, wonderful company, and they hire me all the Today's time. Today's sponsors yeah, of the podcast. Home you work all you work all the time. Yeah, yeah and they're sure. very loyal, and you do hopefully one well for them, and they you're in the family, and you're and to say that I, yeah. I knock wood could always have a directing job now if I want it because I have some wonderful people I work for and yeah. keep reaching out to me, so I'm lucky that that. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know. Have you ever have, have you ever heard of Michael Verratti? Mm-hmm. He is a writer, but he has written. He was a guest a few episodes, and he writes for Lifetime, doing um, um, some Christmas movies he's written and stuff. So yeah, he does. That's good. Yeah, if you ever meet him. I haven't yet, but you the never name know. Will pop up. Yeah. So I moved out here with Ellie Canner after only one year in college, and she became a really big casting director. Do you know Ellie? Who also I do know who knew that Liz is. in college, just because we went to college together at Southern. Okay. She was a, known for some of the very. You should talk to Ellie. She's a great person. Interview too, by the way. She um, is known for putting some of the best ensemble casts together. Besides going the agent route and not to tell her whole life story, but once she got into casting, she uh, put together the Friends group, oh, Dawson's wow. Creek group, Sex in the City. She's responsible for the best ensemble um, casting. Around ever, and, and you now she's out a director. Here with her? And we did. We, you know, we were in. We did this little like local access theater, kind of not what you guys are doing, but we would get the like the local access TV camera, and we would write and direct and star in these little shorts, basically. You yeah. did that in LA. In college, no, in Connecticut. Oh, in Con- oh in so Southern this is another Southern University. Connecticut alum. And then Ellie and I are like. We love TV and film, but we didn't know how to even... I didn't even realize I was writing, producing, directing, and acting. And like, you just were like, we wanted to make right what appears on TV. So we... For like the university station or something. Yeah, if it yeah. even were aired on the university station. But right. yes, I think it might have. Yeah. The <laughs> university would always have like a... Pu- at that yeah, time, I'm sure it was. Would have a public access yeah, station. Yeah, it might have. I think the one we called, the one called The Door. I don't even know what it was. I should look, try to look that up. And um, we said, you know, at 19 years old, let's go to Iowa, you know, as, as kids do. And But we actually did it. Did you drive? Uh, no, we flew. And we slept on her cousin's floor until we got our own apartment, which we shared a bedroom. And we were friends, not... Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's tra- and we lived together and got, you know... Uh, waiter jobs and I you know convinced my family I was going and finishing college out there there's air quotes I'm doing finishing college and um, <laughs> I went to Pasadena City College for a year then I went to Valley College for a year and then I went to Northridge for a year and I think I'm the only person at college for five years just taking everything I wanted to take not actually following a prerequisite I was supposed to whatever the so I don't I know I have a degree which is funny not yeah. funny but my dad's not happy about that but you know, I went to college for five years and because I just wanted to learn everything I wanted to learn about this business and then I and I took acting classes and I think there's something to that. Like I like 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 that you said, like, let's just go do this. Let's go to LA. Let's I did go nineteen. To I look I look back at nineteen drugs now and we literally just but I did. I was already like right. Same thing like the the trunk. I was already in first year in college and in, in high school writing up what my hook line would be, my resume. I was making up, writing making up shit on my resume and taking pick headshots, and I didn't even know what to do. But I just knew that I just had to be. I just I just never was nothing else I wanted to do. You know. Yeah. It's all that I ever wanted was to do this I, yeah, business. It's, I totally get that. It's crazy, and I just I just thought I was gonna do it. I didn't think it would take this long. <laughs> but it, we moved out, and then she went off into the casting world, and I did a little acting, and then realized that um, I liked um, controlling the whole thing and not being an actor, because being a little blonde girl at 19 in Hollywood was a very interesting What were the jobs? Me, me of... Too conversation. Oh, I bet. Yeah, oh, I'll just say I was asked to take my clothes off a lot and screamed a lot, because... Horror movies, R-rated movies for auditions, auditions and yeah. many yeah, other things. So you experienced yeah. that that casting. Oh, a lot of, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
implied, yeah. like, you know, well, you know. Oh, yeah, there's tons of stories. I have tons of those stories. Yeah. But it's, I'm not harmed or it's fine. Well, I, I, I mean, it sounds like you were able to, you know, take care of yourself. You were just, yeah. like, you know, you did what you wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, I was naive in a lot of ways, but that there were some, uh, in, you know, there are some, looking back, there are some stories that I have that, like, Everybody wow, else got can't there. believe that But happened. I was just like, I don't want to do one line. I was like, yeah. I don't want to do, do one line. I would do, you know, casting workshops and plays and whatever you could find in L.A. And I'm like, I don't want to do one line. And then I thought, well, if I raise money for movies, then I could star in it. So I'm just going to pretend. I'd always, like, act as if. Like, I, like I heard that Spielberg went on the lot and just pretended he was producing. And then you got, and it just turned into, it's not the story. But I just thought if I... Yeah. act like I'm doing it and learn about doing it I'll just it'll manifest believe it into existence yeah. so I used to I used to take scripts from everyone I knew that were writers and read everything and start developing stuff and talking to people with money and figuring out how to raise money so I became an independent producer for a long time and wound up raising money for about 20 independent films over 10 years wow um, that is a very sounds fast but that is a you know that means like 10 for every one i raised money for ten thousand didn't go and i went down all the wrong chains you know you were it's you know raising (laughs) through the there's just there's just doing doing everything wrong and every scam and every lie and you know but i learned and they're like and then when i did raise money they're like you know how to do this don't you i'm like sure and yeah i just winged my way through it and i so I learned by doing it wrong. Everyone and every movie I made, I learned more and more. Yeah, I've always said like a you know, a large part of my career has been not making movies. Like I've been, you know. Yeah, we learn. Yeah. Were you raising money for other people's movies, or were you directing the, a lot of the stuff that you were? I wasn't even with? directing. I was just at that point wanting to be a producer. Gotcha. So yeah. I was producing, and I was also developing. I worked for development for a TV company and was an in-house producer and trying to, and also acquire true life stories and acquire books and acquire material. I just knew that if I had intellectual properties, mm. I'd have power. Yeah, totally. That's You've so always had an eye for, always like seem to have your eye out for material. Always, even, still. Even now. Oh yeah. yeah, always looking for great material. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, which... I love being in a position now where I'm just being hired as a director and writing too, but I'm at the same time now looking for more television projects and more books and now I've, my next goal is I want to be a show running director on a series or find my own series or do more episodic and so it's always yeah. there's always something to grow and learn and always a next step do you do a lot to. of writing have you do you write a lot of the stuff you do or no what's... I write some of the stuff I do mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say I, I hate to call myself a writer even though there's WGA is paying my health insurance right now but yeah. it's, <laughs> it's I, I've become but you're a, very collaborative I'm you, a very collaborative you, writer you work with I'm writers. a creator yeah. I work with writers do you work a lot in a very on active way? Adapting, no, no, I, yeah, no, I write. adapting pre-existing kind of material. We do sometimes, or original. Like Switched for mm-hmm. Christmas was my original idea, and I wrote up the treatment and sold it to Hallmark, and then went to Tracy, who is the best, you know, writer I think out there. And I said, um, I am not writing this by myself. <laughs> so we co we co-wrote it together. Yeah. And you know, but she did. I don't like doing the first draft. So yeah, we, she did a lot of the But it was work. my idea and my story, and then we did a 40-page outline together, and then she'd send this draft to me, and then I'd do notes and give it back. So, I mean, we I did write it with her, but she's a writer, but I sits down and writes every, she by herself, too. Like, I just wind up creating stuff that I keep selling yeah, and, write, totally. and writing with writing partners who are very generous to do that. Well, that's a great way, because some people... Writing. that. You know, that probably for her is the aspect of the writing that 
she fits and wants to do maybe no she can do everything she's doing me a favor oh yeah she's brilliant she doesn't need me I'm I'm lucky that she's responded to a couple of my ideas in a way that she thinks that's super cute yeah I mean it's not a terrible you come to her with like a paying job you know exactly well exactly it's like it's sold I've just sold this will you write it and it's W-A-G-A and it's a paying gig so it's like Oh sure, I yeah. will get. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, why not? I, I will let hard, someone pay me to do. Yeah, it's already set up and sold. It's like exactly yeah. here it is. <laughs> so it's not like you're sitting like, let's write a spec script. No, no, know, no, with her. I haven't done that with her. Yeah, yeah, no, she wouldn't do that. Um, but it's but it's producing took you know it's toll on me and I always was fixing first time directors work and doing independent stuff and then I wanted to do more gay stuff so yeah. after. The, this way we used to raise money for indie movies fell out after 9-11, as you know, the German and the co-productions and the Gap and all that stuff we used to do. My friend um, Michelle Paradise wrote this thing called The Ten Rules of Lesbian Survival Guide. And I thought, that was fun. I want to direct that out because I was like so burned out from being tortured as an independent producer, which you know. It's soul-killing. It's, it's terrible. It's soul-killing. And I felt like I was also not being authentic. The creative person that moved out here, that's not what I wanted. I never intended to be the business person. Yeah. I just happened to have been good at it and was able to do it, which that experience now is so invaluable as a director. I'm glad I went through it, but I don't ever want to do it again. If you can find the right partners, I happen to be working with like this really great company right now called Scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are doing a lot of the things that I wasn't terribly interested in doing as a independent producer. Um, I mean, you know, they, I just, I brought them on to something that I was developing for a long time and, and I liked that collaboration. Like if, if you're working with the right people, it can be good, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not, mm-hmm. it's not all on you. Um, that, that's, right. Well, I, I've met some amazing independent producers now that I would be like you or it's, it's, cho- it's choosing who you want to work with, Yeah. which is why I'm so loyal to Hallmark and Lifetime and especially Hallmark now because they're so good to me and yeah. I and you know you know I know their brand and that's I love it and I love the projects are fun and I why would I leave? you know it's like it's a great job and oh it's very, a great gig I'm very and they, lucky that they there's keep, and they 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 trust you but like you said you know what they do you know how to deliver and it. I know what and, to expect and yeah. I know what they need and so the 10 rules was that your first short Direct, mm-hmm. yeah, directorial was, debut. Yeah, twenty-eight minute, half-hour single camera comedy. And that was really well received. Really well received. And yeah. won some it awards. Turned into, t- turned into a TV series. What was the What was the TV series? X's and O was the first scripted comedy lesbian show on the air. Holy shit! The logo X's and O. Were you involved in that? Yeah, we ran two seasons. Were you the Were you the director exactly. of it? Executive I directed creator, the pilot. Producer. I was the creator with Michelle Paradise, an executive one of the executive producers. Picked up by Viacom and MTV. We ran for two years. That must have been early Logo. How long had Logo it was been just at that lo- point? It was pre. It was pre Logo's launch. We were lo- we launched with Logo. So you were basically one of their flagship yeah. programs. Us and um, Noah's Ark. Was that those? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Noah's, Noah's Ark. Ark. Yes, yeah. for sure. For but sure. it was a great learning. That was I learned so. That's much. so amazing. I learned so much <laughs> on that experience so well that's a great opportunity it was yeah, so. um i directed the pilot but i didn't get to direct anything else because mm-hmm. we went canadian and i wasn't canadian at the time so i had to hire all canadian directors gotcha. but i was there with it with the team and so the was short was that a festival circuit experience oh, it went crazy yeah yeah and it just yeah. it just got picked we, up everywhere and yeah were... and we won so many awards festivals. and then from that did you do girl play was mm-hmm. that next i think i did girl play 
No, no, yeah. I did I did girl play after the ten rules, but not before the series. So I did girl play. I um, joined Vimeo and watched girl play. Oh my um, god, I've seen it. Does it still hold up as a uh, it's half play, half movie. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a weird hybrid. I got I watched into it too, it. actually. Yeah, we It's a weird we hybrid. You know, it. I shot that for eighty thousand dollars in nine days. Yeah. Oof. That is quick. There's, there's it was my friend's play. It didn't mean things, to be a movie. Yeah, a couple things I really liked about it that I thought were really I don't even very how strange and, and idiosyncratic. But because it was weird there was a Dom play. Dom DeLuise oh, and, he was and his assistant. Yes, that, that was, was my f- one of my favorite they were little. And he did he, he come won- up with that? He did. He we, came up with the he assistant. He wanted, I, which I, I didn't know like Dom DeLuise had a little... God rest his soul, Dom DeLuise. But um, I didn't know that he had a little fetish like that so he came on we got him on he loved the what script. was the fetish though to have a little boy to have a little around. boy under the table oh, so oh oh that's what so he, he brought that idea he, no, he, he was said, like if i'm gonna be this director he said, i want to be in it and he said i want to have a little boy assistant by my side that i can boss around yeah and shove under the table and tell him to shoot. so it was his little slave boy and i was like tom you do whatever the fuck you want i don't care it was so they were we laughed funny. so hard that's why i had to do bloopers at the end because him and him and nick who was by the way i think one of our production assistants who's now a producer at the, around town but it was so fun because it was just my friends play and they were like will you shoot our play i loved their play and they said, we just need someone to shoot the play. We don't care. Keep yeah, a just get it on Don't make a movie out of it. And I was like, yeah. And then as I'm reading the play, I'm like, what if we like America's Most Wanted it, that we just do the flashbacks when you're telling these stories of reenactments of what you're talking about? Yeah. And that's basically what it, where it started. So it's not supposed to be right. like a linear thing. So and it, was, it just turned into this like, it turned into this emotional, and pe- it was a film festival. People went crazy over and it. And they're a real couple, Yeah, right? they're still it's, together. It's about their, their, it, how they got together. It's them, and it's really their story. Was the play just a basic two-person monologue-driven play? It's exactly play? what you saw on the stage. And you gotcha. know who I thought was actually, was really good was Mink Stoll. Oh, she's so fabulous. She said it was the best thing she ever did. I, oh, I'm going to say, I think it's her best performance. <laughs> I mean, she's obviously so iconic in, jo- in, in John Waters right. movies, but she's but she's some, an actress. Some, in this. some of the acting in the John Waters stuff is like either deliberately bad or yeah. or just it's just bad, high camp, yeah. you know. And and she's so she's wild yeah. and zany in some of those movies. But she's she's actually serious. quite good in this. Yeah, she, I think she, so too. Her accent is good. It, and consistent and real and not how she actually talks and I know and the scene with her and Robin and Robin came out in the parking lot yeah she's restaurants. actually she's really good in that so scene. I always think you take girl play and you pick which shorts you like out of it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice that's a really nice scene yeah um, so I, but, I, but I went just like I didn't know what I was doing but because I, mean, I wanted to brush up on my Lee Friedlander before yeah me this. too oh my god I forgot and all that so I I didn't what I we were looking at your like credits, and, and I, I was reading the log line of Wasabi Tuna. Um, and it has oh, the best log line, tuna. which I didn't see, but I haven't seen it. But, um, you know, it's just like, you know, a, uh, a bunch know, of drag queens. A bunch of drag queens have to get Anna Nicole Smith's dog, Sweetie Pie, back. You know, it's like, it's so funny sounding. I, I imagine it's zany. Been. 
I don't know. I don't know if it's good or not. But. So good. It, um, it's one of those have five martinis, cry over your drink, horror <laughs> producer stories. Oh, God, yeah. But I learned a lot, and I got to shoot 35 millimeter, and I got to shoot with amazing actors. I mean, you know, Alana, Yuba- Alana Yubak, who's now in mm-hmm. Girlfriend's Got a Divorce, is in it. It was a great yeah, Jason cast. Jason London. Jason, it was, and we had Anna, who was wonderful, by right. the way. She was a pro. She was amazing. And especially at that time, she was kind of, she, she was huge. She was huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. just she was she, she was huge. And Howard did, did she deal. have her Howard reality show at the time during? Yes, yeah, so it was during and Howard and Kimmy and everybody were there, and it was what we shot yeah, was great. The sh- script was super cute. And she was shooting her reality show at the same time because you, I can tell that the writer, yeah, like made an appearance on her reality show. But so obviously she worked. Was in kind of- I was on the reality show. Yeah. we were. <laughs> uh, me interviewing her for the first time to get the job was part of on her show. I was on her show. I should look that up. That so Interviewing funny. her to yeah, get what job? I was having to meet with me. She read the script. She said I want to meet with the director. So our oh, meeting okay. with Annika Smith to see if she'd do Wasabi Tunos. See if her, she would get it. See, to see if she, she would do it. To see if she liked us because yeah, we yeah, wanted yeah. her. That is right, right, uh, and we had to get her because the, we, the whole thing revolves around her. If you don't have Anna Nicole, you don't. I mean, you could have made a Jaja Gabor or something. Yeah, it needed to be her. Yeah, but she did do it and thought it was hysterical. Um, and she was hysterical. She was, she was, she was a, she was a great broad. I liked her so much. People, I wish some people could really meet who she really was. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. You know, she was like a tough cookie. She gave me such a hard time the first time I met her. She was like, she's not the like person. Yeah. She was like. She's sharp. Well, first of all, she's shockingly beautiful. So I walk in this meeting. It's of course my first bigger feature, thirty-five millimeter, you know, couple million dollar feature. And I walk in, and I just like kind of look up, and you. I've seen the show, so you expect to see what you think. And you, but in person, she's like flawless. Like her skin, she's so mm. beautiful that I didn't. I don't think I even said hello. I looked at her, and I think I said, "Oh my god, you're so beautiful." She goes, "So what did you think I was gonna be?" Yeah, I mean, she's like, she's not <laughs> like, oh, she's so sweet. She's like, she would call you on your shit. I mean, she was. I don't want to say it was an act. Her. Thing, but it kind of was because on set she'd be like she wanted to do her own stunts she showed up on time she rehearsed she was professional she's like what do you want me to do we do this and I yell action she's like you know the way she talks and then yell cut she's like okay what the fuck am I going to come here and there's drag queens behind me I mean she was like really like not she wasn't part of I don't want to call it her shtick but part of her persona part of her persona later was she was clearly on pills, you know, like, yeah. so... And I think I like got her in a sober her, stage. You caught yeah. her in a lucid, like, able-to-function yeah. moment. Absolutely. But later, I think she was, like, out of her mind. I think um, so, because I did go to her birthday party a year later, and she was, um, seemed to be, yeah. have a much a couple more cocktails than I did, but I don't want to... Have, yeah. She was else, less co- she, coherent at that point, probably, maybe. Well, even on her show, or... or but she, yeah, on her show, but you could see kind was, of a de- degradation. She never was on our... On our shoot, and she got accused of it, and I ran. Into, I randomly came back from the Miami Film Festival from like out at the wedding or something, and I got on a plane, and I'm walking through first class, and all of a sudden Anna Nicole's like, Lee! and I'm like, like I ran. <laughs> JD was with me. I friend remember JD, I a friend of ours who passed away. JD oh. DeSalvatore, God rest her soul, oh. amazing character. Oh yeah, I love her so much. So JD was on the plane with me, so she, as we were going back to steerage as we do, and Anna's in, you know. 
first class. And she's like, Claire, come talk to me. Blah. She like hugs me. And everyone's looking at me like, who's Anna Nicole? And jumping out. Like she was like overly affectionate. And then she's like, do you know that they, people accuse me on your movie of being high? And I said, no. I said, but you're welcome to call me. Cause I'll, you, you were, there was not one day she was not stone cold sober. I can't even. That's great. So that's amazing. I was like, as is appropriate for work. Yeah. So I, I mean, maybe not podcast. And then she proceeded to French kiss me. <laughs> oh, yes, it's all loose. Then she proceeded to stick her tongue down my throat, and then I went back to my seat. Oh, really? <laughs> JD, I, I, it kind of happened so fast that I was like, she's like, bye. Literally, French kissed me. I went back to my seat. Uh, JD goes. <laughs> Did Anna Nicole's French kiss you? And I go, I think she did. Are you having an affair with Anna Nicole? I was like, I like, was like, uh, I, I, I said, might be. I said it was like a drive-by. I kind of was a Because I got like my seat, and JD goes, like you see, like JD's neck kind of craning out from you know from, from the heck of plane. Oh, I was like, man. this whole thing just was so weird that he was right here. It was so weird. Why were you going to the Miami Film Festival? I think it was without at the wedding. Okay. Is that a film that you did? Yeah. It was a romantic comedy lesbian gay boy movie about a sister's being outed at her, at her sister's wedding for being a lesbian, but she's not. Was it independent? Did you do a reading of that somewhere? Why did I... I, I, I I, don't know. I think we did a reading of girl play somewhere, but reading I of I didn't know. No. That's how they raised the money for girl play, though. Really? I, ra- I we needed money. I didn't want to ask any of my friends. I had a few wealthy lesbian friends, not mentioning any names, and um, other wealthy friends. And well, I you said, could I'm doing. Check the and I, so I invited everybody <laughs> over to my house, and I thought if they could see Robin and Lacey read this play, they someone would give me money because the play was so they were so good in the play it was, mm-hmm. and it was well needed because at the time every lesbian movie was I'm killing myself jumping off the you know school I mean I, I have to say that it's a very underserved um, audience you know there's just not there, there's not there's the, not enough content There, you know like there's there's quite a bit of gay content I, I mean growing up yeah. I didn't feel there was that much I mean I, I was starved for content yeah but, but certainly, like the at lesbian the time, audience, and at the time there wasn't. There was. Yeah. I mean, if that's why I did the ten rules because nobody showed like funny. Di- at that time, diverse looking because it was everybody was very. Um, and it's so important. Very tomboy to looking, which I love. Tomboys, don't get me wrong, I love. I but, know. Um, but there was no like, there was no me. There was no like feminine lesbian right. straight. Well, you know, it's so important woman. to see yourself. You know, but now it's depicted on screen. And I think all of us, our generation, by doing all these movies and Outfest, we wanted everything to become mainstream. And I think we conquered that. And I think the reason there's not so many just gay movies anymore is because we don't need it. We're everywhere. Gay now. people are represented. We're in every TV show, movies. every yeah. movie. That we're just people. Everybody's integrated. Even like gay bars and restaurants. Every, you don't have to go to the gay bar or the gay restaurant anymore. It's, it's I do feel like especially the, the young, cities, the younger. They don't know that we ever so we fought so hard. They like to, they like partying with their straight friends, you know, and just yeah, no and, one thinks about being se- separated. Especially women love to go to gay bars, you know, like and, and to be around straight women, right? To go around to be around gay men. Um, yeah, were you, you out? Which is, well, we love gay men too, so it's you know, gay men are just everyone's taste. Oh, <laughs> yay! Oh, I'm lucky for us. We're like, we'd rather go to a gay one, a lesbian party any day of the week. 
I get Were you dragged. out for? I prefer. I get dragged to a lot of lesbian parties. I know you do. <laughs> I'm gonna go to more lesbian parties. But now it's like you choose though. your friends because you choose your friends. It's yeah. not even. Yeah, it does nothing to do. It with does that nothing. Even, really. Yeah, but there was we did that because I did ten rolls because I wanted to show first off funny, fun, women, not you know the torturous element of which needed to be seen too. But I wanted to show my fun friends. Yeah. So and girl play was fun. So we invited everyone to the house and. But I told everyone, my friends that had money, I said, I don't want your money. Can you just come and like cheer it on? Because I have people coming that could put up money. So if you act like you like it, maybe that can get their money. So I told everybody that story. So everyone thought they weren't coming to give me money. They're coming to help the other people get money. So then they privately so they came just, to you and said, you so know why. They didn't. Nobody. There's no pressure. I said, I really, I don't want to work with friends. I don't want your money. I don't want the hassle. I don't want to, I, I cherish our friends. But could you come just for support? Because I have some people coming that could. So everyone thought they were just coming for support. And then halfway through the movie, I looked at my friends, Gina and Laura. They get Laura Kelman and Gina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're crying. And I'm like, mm-hmm. And then Gina whispers in my ear, don't talk to anyone else till after this breathing. I'm like, okay. And then she comes up, she goes, um, we're giving you the money for this and we don't want anybody else involved. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, she goes, we've invested. I'm like, great. And, uh, <laughs> and they wound up producing it and we all made, we all made some money on that movie. Nice, actually. That movie did really, really well. I remember, I, I remember because it, it showed at Outfest, right? Mm-hmm, it showed everywhere. It was and crazy. It, people went crazy for it at Outfest. Mm-hmm. I just remember like it was on everyone's lips. Girl play, girl play, girl play. And that's, that's when I first became aware of I know, of and I never knew. But people have visceral reactions to that movie. Some, I mean, if you read IMDb or anything, I should never be allowed to be behind the camera as long as I live. I'm the worst director on the face of the earth. Or people said it changed their lives. It's a difficult hybrid, you know. It's and it, at the time it was like weird. Yeah, I mean, just like because it starts very theatrical, and you're just like, huh. Um, but I, I really, by the end, quite like, got into it, you know. Yeah, I just, it was, and it was. I didn't never. I never meant it to be a theatrical, linear story. Yeah. It just was. It just evolved, and it took off, and I was like. I, by the end, I was like, get together, you lesbian. Come on. <laughs> you know. Break up with your girlfriends. You know you love each other. I know. I know. It was just fun. It was so fun. It yeah. was fun. But and then out at the wedding. And it was, but too, no. It's a little heartbreaking story because it did. I, did, I love what we shot. And I, I was not allowed to complete it. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. I didn't even get to edit it ever. I never... The day we wrapped was the last day I saw my footage. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. um, That's crazy. And I legally cannot tell you what happened. I can tell you that I did win. But um, I didn't win because the movie that's out there is not the movie I made. So the producers took it away from you. or Someone took it away from you. Somebody finished the movie. Yeah. Someone finished it. That didn't know what the director shot. So, uh, yeah. So So it's fine. It got sold. It's... Then they, got, some of it got reshot. Anyway, um, that must be hard to do a whole shoot it, and then not be able to kind of use the material. Heartbreaking. Oh no, that is terrible. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. But I, I just, I was a new director. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know what rights I had. I didn't understand. Were you out through all of this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you come out like fairly early and? When you moved to LA, or was it just kind of 25, like a... 26. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. With, you know, bouts of boys in between, but, you know. Totally. Everyone's on a scale, totally. aren't they? 
Well, I have to label everybody now because now it's like it's like I've dated men and women, women more. I've been thinking more and more. I, like, I would take had, a you know back and forth relationship. Yeah. And, but I was you know let's say there's an 80, 30, 70, 30 age. I don't. You never know. But I um, do think yeah. there's a I do think that there's a spectrum. There is, and I think for everybody. But I think back and back when we came out, our generation, you had yeah. to say you or this because if you had any mention of bisexuality, you were almost outcast by. You're the, I hate to say the lesbian community is going to kill me, yeah. but but you were not looked upon. It was very they, they yeah, wanted people, you to pick. People did get mad at that. But now true. it's even for men, it's very fluid. It's gotten it's, better. The, it's I think it's hard to be a bisexual because it's it's hard to say look. I want to exist in the kind of this like in between place, and I feel you know strongly and confident about that. I think for guys it's hard because you or girls too. I think if you're in like a a relationship that appears to be straight, then everybody just assumes and labels you as right. you know straight. When in fact, perhaps you're like you feel like you want to identify more with like a queer community, but people won't yeah but if people you, don't look at you that if way if you're in a straight relationship but you are more sexually fluid and often are with you know your own gender people just will discount that they're like well you know no you know you're but you're straight now yeah 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 exactly yeah but although, it's changed although I now think now it's changed I, mean, I definitely identify myself as gay but it's not like I'm I, you know what's called gold star or gold star gay, gay. Yeah. Yeah. you're not, you're not <laughs> no, gold star no. neither am I actually no. I, I um, so it's, dated women it's, for a while you know and I and the movies I make now are beautiful straight love stories and I love it you know it's not it's, yeah do you ever inject a little um, gay character or gay you know in, into, into one of the Lifetime or Hallmark movies um, you know it's when you work for a network and they have a brand. You, yeah, they you follow have... the brand, and I—it's not my job to interject anything outside their brand. So if they tell me they want to do things like that, I will. So it's not—I don't create them. So right. I don't—I um, haven't. I haven't. Well, those—I mean, I, I haven't. I have. This is your business, but like. But the... I haven't. No, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't without their, them saying we want to go this way or not but my I, sense is that these things really take shape in a like a development pitch mm-hmm. meeting and then series of whatever yeah. like is it so it's like you take them an idea they're like we like that idea we want it to be this you know and then it just it it yeah, we'll stems pitch. out of out of that so they they're very involved in what they Oh want, they're very very involved but I know they're they're you know their brand and I love it and it's you you these beautiful romantic comedies and you pitch the idea and the story and your executive is very close to everything I mean the whole time it's it's working for a network it's yeah. not if I wanted to interject anything in my life that's just want to do whatever I want I'll make an indie movie or I'll create my own television right. show but when you work for you a network you don't need to you know be subversive working for you know Hallmark why you know like just also do, there's yeah. just like there's I so mean, many companies now there's there's companies that exclusively cater to gay content so it's like also like yeah and then i would do that it's you know it's you're kind of i'm a work for hire creative person in television right and then yeah. i get to interject my creativity with that within the, within the arenas of, of what they want you know? yeah. and there's most... so many aspects of my personality that it's not 
I'm not this big activist that needs to be, I'm going to only do the gay agenda because I'm actually, my agenda is like, I'm the romantic agenda. I like the romance agenda yeah. and I like the relationship agenda and I like the let's be funny and cute and fall in love agenda. Well, Whatever that's a that very is. good way. I mean, if you do have that agenda, that's a very good way to kind of like starve and not work. You know, it's just like. Just the gay agenda? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've it's been, like, you, no, you can't it's, get paid enough to just do that. And you know? you, by the way, I mean, you don't need to anymore. Look at television. There's characters. Everything's every. Look at Shameless. I mean, there are shows. Yeah, you can find it in anything. Yeah, there's a gay character almost every major network show. I mean, can we just watch Killing Eve and the? It's big lesbian undertone. I mean, there's so it's it's out there. We did our job when we only did the gay agenda and really pushed it. And I think we really got seen and out there. And then Queer as Folk came out and the L word. And I think that all the filmmakers of our generation. I'm talking to Eric now because. (laughs) Not right. boring, yet, boring yet, but um, <laughs> I think we really pushed to get mainstream, and I think it worked. It did, which I'm so proud of. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think there's lots of stories to be told. But as a now as a director for hire, not wanting to push the project up the hill anymore, I love whatever job I get, and I do my best of the ability to. Tell the story. My, put, tell my story and put my creative spin on it. Your There's most also recent some... one was you shot in Ireland. Yeah, Royally Ever After was so fun. What was shooting in Ireland like? Did it you was have an amazing. Irish crew? Everything. Was oh. were you the only non-Irish yeah. you know person they just cool. brought you in? Except and for our the, lead actress. The cast. Just the two lead actors. That's it. And then the rest. And the, the produ- two producers. Okay. But and um, so yeah, this, that was a story about a, a we, guy who turns out to be a prince and he doesn't know. Yes. Him. He knows it, but his his girlfriend of a year doesn't know it. So it's like, will you marry me? Oops, I forgot to tell you that I am the the prince of you know Saint Ives off of the English Isles, and you have to, <laughs> my parents have to approve before you say yes. You know, and it's New Jersey girl going what? So it's so kind it of a, meet the parents it, royally. It was a fictional yeah, British fi- kingdom. Island, yes, called Saint Ives. <laughs> Some of the law The land. elusive St. Ives, which, which England couldn't conquer. No. They, just, they, they, they stayed independent. They had their own king. But weirdly, half of, the, half of the staff at the castle has English accents and half has Irish accents. But it's all a blend. Well, you know, St. Ives, but it that's was, what happens. The there. Irish are the nicest people in the whole world. I didn't realize how much I would love Ireland so much. It's freezing, but I've it was. I've never been. I really want. You to go. would. I'd love to go to Ireland. It's I'm, my yeah. My. It's like every city in the world. There's a part of it that's like New York. There's a part of it that's like Chicago. There's a part of it that's all of a sudden you're in the cliffs of Moher. That's like there's amazing. I'm cliffs quite Irish and, too. Beautiful. So and my my dad and I think I drank uncle, enough Guinness. You are. Uh, my dad and uncle like went back and like found the town that. Oh, you have to go, and it's small, and they're so friendly, and they. I think everyone's drunk, but they Guinness is so good. Too. I love it. That's I gained great. ten pounds, so that was a problem. <laughs> but we shot this castle called the Marquis Castle, which I'm shouting out because if anybody wants to get married in Ireland, the Marquis Castle in Sligo is stunning. You'll can see the interior by watching Royal Ever After on Hallmark, and it is. They spent seven million dollars. I shouldn't say that, renovating it. It's gorgeous. Wow. We stayed there. We owned the whole place. It was. Oh, you stayed we there. Stayed while there. I got to like. Oh, it was so fun. We were that is a fantastic living gig. In a, that living is in a so castle. Cool. I literally had like 
turrets and a river moat outside my window with wild horses galloping on the plains as I'm waking up to my days of work. It was, it was, it was amazing. And it was a beautiful castle. It was just stunning. And it was done to, to air to coincide. On the day the, of the royal wedding. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Planned that way. That's a big budget and a big kind it of production. Was a, it was a, yeah, it was a hallmark. Yeah, Was it a little bit bigger than than usual because it was Ireland? Um, or no, it's the, it's the budget they for, they, the, for the level. Do they movie do that one a month? Was, or what is their kind I don't of know if they do original? One a month. There's a of, lot of movies a year, so yeah, they do a like lot. something like eighty or ninety or sixty. Or I, I don't know crap, the numbers. They do that I'm much. making it up a lot. Yeah, because the Christmas ones too. And most of their programming must at this point be all original. It's all original. They create everything. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Was so fun. It was I. The plot for the babysitters who start a prostitution ring, oh, yeah. that sounded fantastic. That I've seen. It's um, still one of my favorite ones I've done. You invited me to come see it with the cast. That was really fun. It was fun. I I'm, pro- I'm really proud of that movie. Mm-hmm. I got to shoot it indie and got to have fun and do crazy you know, teens the acting was good. Awesome. The acting was really good. Yeah, you had good actors. We stylized and it. it. Was was it shot I'm really in L.A.? Proud of that. Yeah, totally in L.A. Yeah. Low budget. Lifetime. How many days did you shoot that? Fourteen. What about the Ireland one? Fifteen. Oh wow! Those God. are really quick productions. That is just super. But they're like, so different. They're so drastically that's so different. So good that you're doing that, though. I mean, like you obviously it's training are for on episodic it. television. You're on it. Yes. Well, it is good training for. I episodic know. Television. I did. I also this year was lucky enough to be able to be asked to a shadow on Homeland. And I oh, I shot the director. Awesome. The amazing Leslie Linka Gladder, who is just the most generous, wonderful producer director, mm-hmm. have you um, done allowed a lot of... me to come and spend a whole month of the entire project with the Michael Offer directed by episode, wow. and I learned a lot, and you know it's great. So, so that's the, probably the, the next episodic step. realm yeah. is a little bit different than the movie. Yeah, I want to. I'm working really hard now to get into the episode. The real world. challenge yeah. with episodic directing is that you have to be on a network's list. You know, they, like they yeah. they have to like, and gotcha. like they you can't submit someone that's not yeah. on the list. So you right. have to get yourself on the list. Mm-hmm. And certainly, doing all of the television that you're doing, yeah, um, you're credentialing yourself very well. I'm. I'm. Uh, stay tuned. <laughs> good. Stay tuned. Good. 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 Stay tuned. Year from now. We'll... Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. There's, Have there's, a sequel podcast. There's a lot. I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm getting some very nice meetings now, and we'll see. And yeah, it's and a, then, it's a hard um, little world to break into. I just like but, to do both. I love once my Hallmark do, and Lifetime movies because they're creative. I get to build them from the ground up. But it's really there's so much good television out there now. As a as a creative director, I want to oh, be able yeah. to tell other stories too and, and work with other amazing talented writers and directors and there's Netflix and Hulu oh, no, so and Amazon right and, and they're spending a lot of money I mean you know look at Game of Thrones I mean it's, it's insane oh Game of Thrones TV, is just and BBC is doing I mean, there's crazy. so many amazing I television am. is is where it's at now I mean you don't even think to do an indie movie anymore I still have that one well, story I'm goes? trying to tell Beautiful. That is beautiful. Got lost. I hope you get Me that too. done. Still, still trying to push that wheel up the hill. But a yeah. project that can't be talked about too much. No, no, no it's again. Of... I own the rights to this amazing story of Clay Green and Harold Scully, two um, men that have spent their lives together, 25 years together, and then um, before gay marriage was legal, and what mm-hmm. happened to them when they moved to Sonoma County to retire, bought a home together, and 
aging together and um, one fell down and got ill and then what the state did to them and separated them and it's a horrible oh story and this Aaron so Brockovich ball busting lawyer that discovered what happened and sued the county and one not before the one guy's partner died four months um, after that happened and never he never saw his partner after he fell down and said he died without ever seeing him again yeah it was terrible it's, it's, uh, it's a it's a heartbreaking oh story I think there I think right now in the Trump presidency yeah. is a is a really good time to tell that story well, because you are I think welcome to go raise the money and produce it. I, you know, <laughs> all it takes is having the right conversation with the right person. It's so, true. It's, you know, it's like send it out and it's specced by the amazing Kelly Masterson who wrote Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Mm. He's a wonderful writer. So that's sort of my baby. No, I, and I've read it. I really I really do yeah. love it. But I was just thinking, though, because... It's a story that needs to be told. There was a point, like, when Obama was president and the Supreme Court ruled for gay marriage, maybe there was an idea in people's minds, like, well, okay, that's done. You know, like, okay, we're done. You know, we, we, yeah. have, we have all the rights we ever fought for, you know, but now you look at what's happening today and how things... You know, can can roll back and you know and can't oh, get a can't get a wedding cake. cake. Yeah, where's my cake? You know, okay, and <laughs> and that's just the, that's the tip of the iceberg. So, um, yeah, that's I, still that's the story. I, I still think, have a, it's I a good think time. Right now is a good time for it because it's to important to tell gear. these I stories. I think Richard Gere to do it, and then we'll all be fine. Yeah, <laughs> he's perfect. He is perfect for him. Richard, ever, if you're listening, um. Uh, supposedly, but not. I don't think it actually. He hasn't read it. No, I don't think so. Okay, well, perhaps he's listening. On the <laughs> Richard, that's, that's what's going to come you out. You want to win the Academy Award? Can... <laughs> <laughs> write a little, write a little comment on Sound, SoundCloud. We'll get you. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it to you. We'll get it to you, Richard. Don't worry. We'll get it to you. I know. It's a good, it's a good one. So Do you have anything coming out? That's uh, you said you were about to shoot another. I'm writing one with Tracy for Hallmark. Very that cool. we're supposed to shoot in the fall, August, September. I'm back and I um, harvest fall back to school, college. Is that your next one or are you shooting something before that? Um, that's my, Supposedly that's my next one. Okay. Until it's official, we don't say. But it's it, it's definitely being written. We're definitely fin- we're doing the rewrite right now. So we're writing it. And it's supposed to go this fall, whether I'm officially directing or not. You know, and I don't count anything until the... They cut things. Yeah, they cut things really close. It's like oh, it's always no, no. We've booked your travel. uh, No, I'm used to that's the schedule is fine. We 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 know how to do it and we do it. Yeah, but I I mean I I just know that it often it will air this fall if we it often is like you leave you know you're like oh I might be doing something and then the next I hear is like. Oh yeah, no, she it's just, she just left. <laughs> yeah, so that's, but the schedules are so quick. Yeah, they're really quick. I mean, because so you were shooting in Ireland, and it aired, and then it aired. I like, had a four-day director cut. Weeks, yeah. Whoa, you finished filming and then released the movie four days later. No director's cut. So how long until? Uh, the... Probably six weeks after we filmed the recovery. Okay, but you had to have a, an initial cut done. Yeah, well, the editor has to have assembly. And then Are you cutting during the cut. filming? Yes, I'm walking on. Yeah. Oh wow, that yeah. is. So you're filming during the day, and then it's like how the cuts going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sending yeah. me scenes, me giving notes back. Wow. And you're and sitting. You're really sitting in a. Tr- you're sitting, sitting in a turret, eating um, crumpets, looking at your. Um, Wild Drinking computer. Guinness in the bar with the crew, <laughs> with a great Irish crew. They're so lovely. I bet that you know. I just like. 
Did you find they had like a different work ethic or like was there just like a different... Well, there is a different schedule. They get... They get more breaks. Well, they have an hour lunch and it doesn't include in your time. So you actually lose an hour a day. So to be honest, it was like a 14-day shoot. Yeah, they have set... There's like a union. They have a set times and they you do not go over and you don't work past midnight. There's no night shooting. It's... Unless you want to pay out the... Yeah. So it's... They have a work ethic. They're just nice. Everyone's nice. It's like really Sounds it's awesome. the same it's the same anywhere you get a good a good team and a good crew are you do you work with some of the same crews or not, usually not because there are there's usually not so you're coming to set as a director and meeting everybody kind of I'm not coming time. to set in, in prep I help hire everyone and I pick gotcha. people and I work on prep with them but I do walk into the production not knowing anybody yet and half of them are usually already there wow then you meet them and then you Work with. That's yeah. cool. Everybody wants to do a good job. Everybody wants to make be creative. You let people do their job, they'll be nice. Respect them. You know? But you don't have like a DP that you've worked with a number of times, or I have DPs that I want to work with more than a number of times, but they're always by busy. In the, but then I've been lucky that I've been able to find DPs that have become are just amazing, like um, Michael Marshall, who did Sister Switch for Christmas. Christmas, he did the twinning on Orphan Black. He was one of the Orphan Black DPs, so he was oh, so helpful. I love that show. And doing our twinning and teaching me because I had to learn that whole technology. Yes, with Candace Cameron. Candace Cameron Burr. 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 I think it's Burr. Beret. I thought it was Beret. Beret. But you would know. I think it's Burr. You spent 15 days with her. I think she. I didn't quite want to ask her because she's so nice, and I was like, I think it's Burr. But I've heard people say Beret, but I did hear her say to her daughter, Miss Burr, come here. So I was like, okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh-oh. All right. Well, I know we gotta go. Lisa's stalking. <laughs> Drive by of my fiance. Yes, indeed. Well, um, so there isn't like an unaired thing that we can plug, but um, um no. But um, but there's lots of stuff to check out on the Hallmark and Lifetime channel. Yeah, yes. I mean, there's well, a Royally wealth have, of free... Royally Ever After just aired last month, so they're running it like crazy. Yes, perfect. So you can watch that. Yeah, there's a wealth of uh, And I guess material. Killer Coach is still running on Lifetime and Double Daddy and Babysitter's Black Book. They keep running <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Lee, thank you so much thank for you, doing this. Yeah. Thank you guys for, for having me. Really a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that was, was awesome. Thank you. And uh, thanks for listening, listeners. If you liked what you heard, as I'm sure you do, because you made it an hour and some odd minutes into this, you know, tell your friends, like us, give us a five-star review, or don't bother. Um, <laughs> yeah, send us an email if you have any questions. This is happening the podcast at gmail.com, Twitter. Yeah, write, a re- write a positive review on iTunes. Yeah. Check out my YouTube channel with all my <laughs> videos on it, if you're so inclined. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye.